Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to my weekly email newsletter, Friday Focus. Each Friday, I focus on one topic with one action arising. The link to sign up is in the show notes or head over to amyrolinson.com and sign up right now. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Ricky Locke. Hello, Ricky. How are you? Hello, Amy. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm really excited to have you on because you're another fellow podcaster. So I'm all excited to see what it is you're up to at the moment. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, I'm enjoying the the beautiful weather that we're having uh, this time of year, but um, I am working on lots of different projects at the minute. And I'll try and say this in a very kind of PC uh, way, but I'm throwing lots of things at a wall and uh, seeing what sticks currently, um, as you can imagine. So, uh, yeah, lots of lots of fun projects. Obviously, very busy wedding magician at the minute with uh, lots of weddings happening because of postponements uh, in 2020, now making this year busier than it should be. And then, uh, yeah, lots of cool projects, as you're aware of, with uh, the, the podcast and also um, some stuff that we're working on with the Confident Club. But, yeah, all, all is well, all is good, and, uh, yeah, I am very grateful and uh, very happy to be here. Yeah, looking forward to this. So yes, lots of weddings got postponed and you're a wedding magician. Tell me what that involves. Yeah, so I I like to say this sometimes that I'm I'm a bit like a professional liar, (laughs) like a charlatan, Um, but a professional wedding magician for me, I am there to kind of fill in that gap, that little lull. So uh, as the listeners listen to this, if you've been to a wedding or you've got a wedding coming up, you possibly may experience this where there's a beautiful ceremony and straight after the photographer may have some group photos and then the photographer will take them away to have those wonderful first time photos and everybody stands around looking at their watches talking about work the weather we love talking about the weather in England as British people um, and Covid we're still talking about that even those years ago so rather than having that I come in and perform close-up magic so kind of mix and mingle a bit like a cocktail kind of reception kind of um outing kind of thing and i perform magic to everybody uh, making sure that we break the ice and we take them away from that lull of but when is the food ready and actually let's have some fun and uh, yeah do lots of different various services on that either at the drink reception evening reception wedding breakfast as well in between courses and then also with some services of master ceremonies as well yeah so a filler of gaps, how does that make you feel that you're not, you're not center stage? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? We're, we're in the hierarchy. We're quite far down. We're, we're kind of class as a luxury extra because you go for the venue, the cake, uh, the photographer, the registrar, and we are pretty much the extra. So uh, by saying it that way, yeah, you're absolutely right. It makes you feel rubbish, actually. <laughs> no, it's, it's a lovely thing. It's one of those things, unfortunately, that we are in the planning stage is quite last minute you know if the budget then is um allowed then obviously people will then have us at the wedding but it does um yeah it's it's one of those things we always try to encourage people that we might be you know the entertainment but everybody kind of thinks about the entertainment last and we'll think about the flowers we'll think about 
the the venue styling the decor but actually one thing that that i always sell in my wedding pitches is that you know it's based on the Maya angelo phrase is that if you do book me people won't remember what i said they won't remember what i did but they will never forget how i made them feel and i still to this day get from weddings two three years ago saying ricky you're still the talking point from our wedding you know three or four years ago and that's the impact that we can make so we are kind of hierarchy right down the bottom but actually we have a very important role to make sure everyone's having a great time. So I guess there's a perception that when uh, we're at wedding fairs, we have to try and sell that to them, really. Yeah. And that that feeling that you're you're giving people of giving them a um, helping them to have a great time. Yeah. Why is that important to you? I think it comes from a real early uh, age of of kind of being a center of attention I think uh, and not as an ego you know centric person or anything like that um I love making people happy I love kind of inspiring people to take them away from thinking about mortgages or credit cards or bills and just for that one moment they escape and just enjoy a sense of magic because you know as children we are playful we are creative and we're not taught that we just do it you know, and we, we're kind of encouraged to do that, you know, play with food, like my, my little daughter right now, she's just playing with food, you know, fingers, you know, whereas an adult would be told off for doing that. And then as you kind of go to school, you, you're kind of sucked out of all of that playfulness and creativity. You know, you're given lined paper at school and you're told straight away to keep within the lines. And there's that kind of conformity of, you know, growing into an adult. So it's brilliant. I love it because it kind of transports people back to kids again, of feeling that sense of wonder. You know, because life is, is difficult and life is challenging. We've all got things going on, especially over the last two years with the, the global pandemic. Um, you know, people's headspaces are in a different world. So we can transport them from what's going on in their life to actually just have a sense of wonder, a little bit of magic, you know, to make them just go, wow, oh, my God. You know, so uh, the reason I love it is because it. I think originally when I first started out, it was a skill level, probably as a social cue to perform it in the pub, perform it uh, at parties, maybe as a social cue to make people want to like me. Or, you know, I used to use it back in my career before I went full time. And it was a way for me to engage people, to either create belonging, whether it was in my career, at a briefing or a workshop, it made people feel part of something. Uh, and then it kind of later transferred into serving that audience of actually, let's, let's make these people have a great time. Let's create a moment of magic that they'll never forget. You know, and um, but yeah, I think it came from an early age of playing instruments, playing um, guitar, being on a stage. It's funny because obviously that you know the, the whole name of this podcast. Um, one of the things I did many years ago in my career was we did an exercise called Define Your Purpose. And um, we did a timeline example where we went back in time and looked at some of the key moments that you remember. And I always remember performing or presenting, so being in front of an audience. And I think that's come from an early age into to now, where it's like I want to, not for me, to be the centre of attention, but I want to enlighten people, I want to make them happy, I want to inspire them, whether it's the podcast, it will be to make them take some action or to think something differently. With the magic, it's to transport them away from everyday life and just escape and have this sense of wonder and enjoy magic. Can you remember, Ricky, the first time that you experienced seeing magic being performed? 
Yeah, a good friend of mine, Alex Castles, uh, primary sc- uh, sorry, secondary school, did a simple coin vanish from one hand to the other. And it was just that moment of, how did you do that? Like most people say, most reactions, it's like, oh my God, how, how did you do that? You know, because you start thinking, logically thinking, physics, that, that can't be possible. You know, what's going on there? And uh, for me, it was that point thinking, that's really curious. I love that. Started to um, invest into magic lessons and started getting into books. So I bought a book from the works and started going through um, Nick Einhorn is famous for having his book in the works. It's like one of the biggest books that most magicians kind of get hooked into magic. And it just kind of opened up this other world of wonder. And for me, as I started to then try it out for friends and family, I got hooked and obsessed on that idea of just seeing people transport from that everyday normal life to, oh my God, how'd you do that? Wow, that's amazing. You know, and um, they just completely forget. And you see that childlike wonder just appear on their faces, their body language changes. And it's just a fantastic way of, yeah, creating wonder in life. Yeah, but I guess it was from that early stage from Alex doing that little coin trick to now making a career out of it yeah, and a business. And what's interesting is you're, you're talking about transporting people from their everyday normal life to that experience of a sense of wonder and, and having this incredible world. Which world are you living in? <laughs> yes, this is true. Yeah. Uh, it's quite funny, actually, because of the lack of sleep, as I was telling you before, with my daughter, I've been trying to remain more present at the minute. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. Do you know what? It's, it's a funny story, actually, you mentioned this, because with obviously the last couple of years, there is a danger to this, which can be um, quite difficult in terms of in, in mental health, you know. I experienced this, so I'll come to this, the answer to this, hopefully with this um, answer I'm going to give you. I guess as a magician, you kind of switch on as a character. If you was to see me walking around Tesco's buying my milk, I'm just Ricky. Hello, how are you doing? You know, I'm not magical. I've not got my suit on. I'm not going, hey, you know, razzmatazz, that kind of thing. But then when you perform, you have to dial up a bit like an actor. You know, you, you are a character. Like we were saying before about Joey from Friends, you know, um, you're a character. So you kind of dial yourself up. And um, I guess, yeah, you are stepping into that character um, and you have to have a balance. And I experienced this where the world that I'm living in is you do have to have that perfect balance. So I'm a character, I'm Ricky Lock the magician, but I'm actually Ricky Lock the human as well. And I experienced this, Amy, back in 2020 when the world had gone mad. If, if you remember, there was a big global pandemic, Amy. It may have may remember. Something, yeah. I was and, podcasting, uh, I think. You were podcasting, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, at that point, perception of what we see on social media, I'm going out to these wonderful events of people having a great time, go, wow, oh my God, that's amazing. And then seeing these beautiful weddings, you know, to then literally going to nothing. And at the time when I felt probably at my lowest, when there's no work, I just left my career literally a week before the lockdown uh, to go full time professional magician, been building it for years. And then that being taken away, I remember being at such a low point going, what have I done with my life? And because now claps, rounds of applauses, yes, there's a little bit of that stroke in your ego to make you feel good because you know you're doing a good job by a round of applause. When that's all taken away, you start questioning, thinking, what am I doing here? Why am I here? And I remember when I actually rang my, my best friend and I rang my mum and dad and I was crying in 2020 because I just thought, what have I done with my life? And I remember when I said to my mum and dad, I'm not okay, mum. You know, like I've just lost everything, it feels like. And now I'm not getting 
uh, rounds of applauses. I'm not, you know, making people feel happy. And she, well, what do you mean, Ricky? You look fine on social media. And it's that balance. So answering that question, yeah, it it does feel like it is a world that you have to jump into because you are a character. But I've been learning over the last couple of years that actually there's a balance here as well. There is a human side, Ricky with his family, his daughter and his uh, wife-to-be, and then Ricky the performer. There's not much difference because I like to have that authenticity across both worlds, if you will. But there's a real challenge about when does the magic stop and Ricky becomes Ricky? You know, because you, you, it's funny, you know, I, I'm not a celebrity at all. I don't, I don't profess to be a celebrity, but I have a local Greg's just around the corner uh, where I live in Bourne. And uh, it's now come to a point where the lady now follows me on Instagram. So you now have to think, well, I can't now be this miserable Ricky. That's just, I'm just in here to get my chicken bake. I'm going out, you know, in pajamas or shorts. Of course I can do that if I wanted to, but there's now this emphasis, oh, it's Ricky the Magician. How are you doing, Ricky? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. How are you? You know, and it's like, yeah, so it's, I don't, you know, profane to be a celebrity or anything, but now it's like, oh my God, <laughs> there's this not- notoriety now about this. So yeah, it's, it's quite challenging. So I, I love that. It's a really good question. Amy. You made me thinking now about the worlds that I'm jumping into, but yeah, there is a different world that you have to jump into. Yeah. And with that notoriety, is there a degree of responsibility that you're uncomfortable with? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So There is a huge perception with magic based on references in the past, TV magic. Paul Daniels is often the first magician that most people go, yes, that's a magician. So, I mean, we had a great conversation and we a couple of days ago about this, about the idea of that people have this perception straight away when they see you. And I don't look like a magician. I look very smart. That's kind of my brand. Very smartly dressed, three-piece suit when I go perform. Um, I don't look like a magician, but I've got the, the quirky glasses. So people go, oh, he looks, he, he either looks like Richard Osman from Pointless, the big tall guy, or he's something different. And then obviously when I mention I'm a magician, you're going to get two or three different responses. Some people are going to go, way, brilliant, fantastic. Then you got the people that's like, right, okay, who are you interrupting this conversation? I'm the alpha here dominating this conversation. And you've kind of got these egos kind of, you know, uh, battling against each other. And a lot of that is because of people, either they've seen magicians in the past, it might be a good magician or it might have been a bad magician. Um, great example of this is I go approach to some adults, even though I do magic for all different ages, what, uh, I'll go to some adults and go, hi, you know, I'm Ricky, I'm the magician here, I'm, I'm here for Emma and Adam's wedding. And the first thing is, oh, let me just get my kids, I'll get my kids to come along. Like, oh, okay. Or then you get, like I said the other day, it's like, are you going to make my wife disappear? Right. Okay. Uh, and then the classic one is this, you know, hello, I'm Ricky. Uh, I'm the magician. What's your name? You tell me, mind reader. But, right. Okay. And there is that discomfort of, like we said before, like, why would you want to be in an environment like that where you are potentially, it's not abuse, but you get people who want to kind of challenge you. And I had this conversation with another magician about Sometimes when magicians are performing, you have to really think about your routine that you're performing. If you have too much conversation in there, like too much questions and challenging, your audience is going to feel quite challenged back and they will probably then um, start to go against you. You know, they feel like they're being challenged. um, So they probably don't want to kind of go with you unless if you show something like really simple, like a, a real flashy reveal, like a real simple, quick trick to get their attention. You might get them on your side quicker. 
Um, and we're not doing it to to kind of get people on our sides because we appreciate that not everyone's going to like magic. You know, you won't believe this, Amy, but this is absolutely true. Um, sometimes at weddings, I'll go up to a group. And then as soon as I've said, hi, you know, I'm Ricky, I'm the magician here. I've had people go, oh, my God, no, 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 no. I say, oh, are you, are you OK? No, no, no. I just, uh, no, magic, not for me, not for me at all. Oh, OK. Brilliant. Uh, you know, and then like their friends say, oh, no, come on. He's, he's all right. He's good. He's, he's really great. You know, he's, he's really fun. No, 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 not for me. And it's like they have that perception or that assumption of magic of I'm going to steal something from them. I'm going to hypnotize them. And we're always kind of battling over those stereotypes because that's what people have seen. That's become, you know, like what we mentioned NLP, you know, their belief system is formed because of those references, you know, and actually it's not about that at all. All I'm here to do is to create magic and magic is nothing to do with the trick. The magic is that feeling you're going to experience with me being here. So, yeah, so it is quite challenging at times because you do, and I don't know if this has just been dialed up even more because of COVID that people have not seen their family and friends for probably a couple of years. So now they're at one place at a wedding, finally getting to see people. Maybe they don't want to experience it, but they'd rather just chat and catch up. Or sometimes there are just, um, I won't say the word I'm thinking of, but just rude people, you know, they just don't want it. And that's fine, you know, and it's often the challenge because your relationship is with the the couple as a customer. You don't know who's going to be there at the wedding. And we've, we can't pick our family, Amy, can we? We can't pick our family, but we have to deal with that sometimes. And you don't know who's going to be at the wedding. So there is constant hurdles and challenges. Whereas the flip side to this is, for example, for you at PSA, when you speak on a stage, um, PSA marketing goes out to say, Amy Ronison is going to be speaking on stage. People have that um, already expectation. Great. Amy's going to be there and she's talking about this criteria. That's something I'd love to learn. Therefore, I'm going to go to that event. If it was some criteria that, no, I don't think that's really for me at this time. I'm not going to go to that session. But the people that arrive have that expectation that you're, that you're there. So you've kind of already passed that first hurdle. As a magic show, or even if I'm speaking on a stage, people go, I know he's going to be there. I know he's going to do something magical. I'm excited. And you don't deal with that. So I've learned now over this last two years that close-up magic has become um, not, not a challenging kind of role, but it's like, okay, how do we kind of now deal with this? Is it something that I want to do forever? Uh, and now how do I uh, deal with that in a completely different way? And what's actually right for me? What's filling my cup? Do I really want to be going to, um, for example, I went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago and there was some football lads there, uh, not stereotyping at all here, but they were not drunk, Amy. They were on something else, <laughs> you know. So, you know, right there and then, okay, maybe that's not an environment that I want to be in, you know. So, it's it's quite strange, yeah. It's something that if you then break that down, thinking, well, what is it that I'm doing here? I'm creating magic here. So then, how could I create magic in podcasting, in speaking? And let's break that down and think about what is it we're doing here. So, yeah, great question that. Well, it, it was led from the fact that you said earlier that you fill in a gap. Now, let's say that your life is a gap between the day you're born to the day that you die. And you said earlier that you you spoke to your mum and dad and you were questioning, why am I here? Mm. And you just mentioned podcasting and speaking and that magic may not be what it is you're here for. So explain where you think you're going to be directing your energy towards. Yes, yeah, so that's a fantastic question, Amy. Fantastic question. I believe that I'm always doing something. So I am, I'm this 
open guy. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a kite in the string guy. Danielle's my string. She pulls me back down to earth and grounds me, keeps me going. And I'm often flying around doing all these wonderful different things. From an early age, I grew up in a, you know, kind of small village, um, lovely, you know, no regrets at all about my childhood, wonderful childhood, but it's very much a controlled chaos in the sense of that. I think the expectation was very much a case of you go to school, you leave school, you get married, you get a job, you get, that's it. And your kids go to school. That's it. That's your life. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But for me, that was just never enough. I was like, no, there's got to be more to life than this. You know, there's got to be more things out there. I don't want to have that kind of uh, ordinary kind of life. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's great for some people. But for me, there was this burning desire of what's more, what's next. And that, kind of belief has always kind of sank into my subconscious I guess because as I've gone through life thinking about you know I remember when I said to my mom and dad I'm gonna go full-time magic and my mom went are you sure Rick how are you gonna pay your mortgage <laughs> so it's, it's a great great reference point now that's just because they've lived their life in that way they've had hereditary you know experiences that kind of thing that that belief system for them is not taking risks, you know, and I've almost always lived that, that kind of comfortable life. And now I'm taking risks and I take responsibility for that. So I guess, you know, going forward, um, I've forgotten the question now. I've gone so off topic here, haven't I, Amy? <laughs> I'm enjoying this too much. That's all good. We were just talking about how you're filling your gap, where the purposes piece is coming in and, and what legacy yeah. you might want to, to leave. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for putting me back in there. Yeah, so I've always had this thing that of, of leaving a legacy. Even when I had a career in Argos, I always wanted to make sure whatever store I left, if whatever store I worked in, whatever team that I developed and worked and grew with, I wanted to leave it as if it was like, it sounds quite morbid, Amy, but if I was to die tomorrow, what legacy would be left? You know, what would people say about Ricky? And I've always tried to do that every single place I go. And now I think I've come to realize that actually, that my legacy, what I want to do is I want to leave this earth, obviously better than uh, I've obviously come into it. But if I can kind of inspire people like the, the Rickies of, you know, 20 years ago, just thinking that this just this, this is just your path. Actually, there's more to life. There's more that you can actually achieve and helping people either become more confident, either uh, break those limiting beliefs, that kind of thing. With the podcast and the speaking, you know, I, I get so many people say, Ricky, you're, you're so confident you know, you're so confident, how do you do this? And to me, you know, I, I just kind of, you know, I don't, I don't expect, you know, I don't take failure because we know, you know, NLP presupposition here, you know, there is no such thing as failure. It's just an outcome. And I've learned to just go, do you know what? That's just, wow, how fascinating. I'm going to now do something different. Whereas I've encountered a lot of people in, in the small business world, in the wedding industry of just very unconfident, not wanting to kind of, you know, they've got these limiting beliefs and I'm thinking that actually I'm doing all this wonderful stuff and now maybe I can help people do that too. So how could I get someone from where they are to where they are? They want to be that kind of a bit like what you're doing, you know, with your life coaching stuff. And I think that's the legacy that I'm going to leave is it'd be great to say that people say Ricky's magic, <laughs> he was a magical person, but actually I think it'd be a great place to leave and say, he helped me become this or he helped me do this. I wouldn't have got there without Ricky. So whether that is speaking, through podcasting, it's what magical experience can I leave behind or share to people that makes them do something differently, take action or inspire them to go, that's really fascinating. Yeah, I'm going to do something about that. The magic thing is very, I, I, 
it's long-term because you are creating such a powerful magical experience at a wedding. They'll never forget that. You know, the photo is always going to be there in 20, 30 years, as long as the couple stays together, <laughs> they'll always look back and that, Oh my God. Yeah. That magician was great. You know, but actually I think the stuff that I've been doing with the confident club is that helping people break those limiting beliefs. Of, I'm not a great presenter. I'm so scared of presenting because I did a presentation 20 years ago and I, I cried my eyes out because it was terrible. And then going for the end of that workshop going, oh my God, this is the best workshop I've ever been on. And wow, I feel so confident now that I want to now go do more presentations and it's just going to make my life so much better. That's, that's magical, that is. For someone to kind of get that feedback to, to kind of empower them to go, I'm really confident now. I'm not afraid to be in front of a, an audience. I, I can now present without notes, without slides, you know, because everyone just goes deaf by PowerPoint or tortured by PowerPoint, as Paul McGee uh, says, you know. So I think that for me is what I've learned over these last two years, that actually magic is a great path and there's still going to be that element of magic for Ricky, but actually the legacy I think I can create is actually something much more profound, much more powerful and inspiring people to just unlock the best version of themselves. And I love the the fact that lock is your surname. It's just <laughs> such a great word, you know, to use that in the unlocked elements. Tell me, Ricky, yeah. the Confident Club, mm. the podcast unlocked, the the fact that you introduced yourself right at the beginning as a professional liar, and yet, <laughs> yes. yeah, you know, obviously, you know, tongue in cheek here, uh, but the confidence does come with you, and. And it is something that you exude in all in these areas. You've got lots of different projects and that you're throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. You know what's going to stick in your heart, really, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the whole thing, isn't it, of like filling the cup. You know, what is actually filling your cup? Um, Diane Ackerman has that great quote. It's on my wall of, you know, I don't want to get to the end of my life and just find that I live the length of it. I want to live the width of it as well. And I think I've always been... Uh, a bit of a jack of all trades, not master of many things, but so so to kind of explore this a little bit more idea, uh, in more clarity, I guess, as a kid, you know, I, I still can do it now. I play guitar, drums, piano. To a lot of people, that's quite, oh my God, Rick, that's quite a lot of things there. And it was just because I was just curious. I just wanted to learn, like, why why can people do that? That's amazing. That sounds brilliant. I'd love to learn that. And I, it wasn't as an arrogant piece to show my friends. I remember when my friends used to come around as a kid and we'd play PlayStation, I'd say, I've just learned this new tune. It's a, it's a great cover of Fallout Boy. Can I play it? So they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. And they're not kind of really bothered at all. But for me, I was like, it, I think there was something burning desire in there that, look, I, I can show you that you can do this too. Look, I've learned this, this normal kid, this normal ordinary guy from, you know, sunny Cambridgeshire can do these wonderful things. And I think at the time I didn't really expect that, but now you're right. I, th I think now I've understood actually what sticks is I I've left a, you know, a stable career, taking a risk one week before the lockdown when everything disappears, still here now to prove to people that actually you can do anything that you want to. And that through the podcast and the speaking, the confidence club, it just, the, the values just fit in line with everything. So you're right. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, COVID was a great time, wasn't it? To throw lots of different things at the world just to play, to be curious. And now I'm actually looking at that wall, I guess, and seeing, yes, that's what's sticking now. Now let's go do that. Stop uh, taking all this information in. Stop um, learning lots of different things and just go do. Now that's the thing. It's the next step of, all right, let's just go out there. Stop thinking, just do. 
that's it yeah and it's interesting because you, you talk about the jack of all trades and master of none but the actual you know what the full phrase of that is no i don't actually know so jack of all trades and master of none but oftentimes better than a master of one <laughs> i love that yeah it's true. So, yeah, it's great. So in terms of your values fitting in, in line with everything you're doing, do you have, have, have you recently done or very aware of what your core values are? Yeah, I had a great chat with, with um, Steve McDermott from the Confident Club about this. And uh, this is why we get on really well. Uh, it's about fun, flexibility, freedom and family. And when I look at those, it's all FFs, four Fs. I don't know why it's all in Fs, but there's loads of other things, I guess, as well, you know, with authenticity, whatever. But those were kind of the main things. And I think this kind of answers as well what we were talking about earlier on when I'm going to weddings and I'm getting potential abuse from people saying, come on then, steal something from me. Come on then, read my mind. You know, actually, that's not fun. So why would I want to involve myself in an environment where that happens? And that going forward is me taking responsibility, thinking, right, maybe I'll have a deeper conversation or deeper questions with my clients to work out, is this the right fit for me? before I just take it. And I, I, I fully take responsibility that I've taken on bookings this year out of desperation from 2020 because there was nothing. You just said, yes, I'll take your deposit. We'll do it. So now going forward, those values has to fit with everything. Like Steve and uh, Curly from the Confident Club have a great thing. They say, we only work with people we like, <laughs> which is great. And it's true. You know, we only want to work for companies that we really like. And that's the thing for me with the magic Although the Confident Club is going to, you know, um, be a, a huge part of my life and my business, the magic is still going to kind of still be there because I still like doing it, um, but probably just <laughs> like being picky now. But it's got to fit with me. Is it a fun uh, place? Is it flexible around my life so I can have that freedom to be in my family? So that's what's going to be. And also with the speaking and podcasting, that kind of all fits in. So it's definitely going to be those for me. Yeah, I love it, and it's so key to to be aware of what those values are because then you can make such easy decisions and, and that's where a lot of people struggle with making decisions because they're not clear on what their values are and so the, the simple yes no answers just don't happen because they don't know they don't know what the answers are yeah which you know what in, in 2020 I you know I mentioned earlier on I had a real low point that you know I sat there and yeah the egocentric let's talk about Ricky here me I I have, I've got no work. I've got no weddings. I've got no, you know, there was a huge global pandemic going on. People were dying. And it took me a while. I remember chatting to uh, my mentor, Bev, when we said, and, you know, I created a podcast from it for a therapy, really, and talked about life is tough, my darling, but so are you. And there was this real incident for me that happened in 2020 when my uncle unfortunately passed away of Parkinson's, which is just an absolute horrific way. You know, Parkinson's disease is, is just horrific. You know, what a sad way for him to leave this earth, you know, him 10 years ago, it was a shell of a man. It, it was so sad and for his family as well. During COVID, we didn't obviously get to go to the funeral. And it was at that point that I realized whilst I'm moaning about, you know, um, no money coming in, how am I going to pay my mortgage? All these things that were out of my control. I realized at that point that whilst he had disappeared, he would much rather want to swap with me and still be here with his family. And I thought, at that point, every day that I get up, it sounds kind of wishy-washy, but it is a gift. So why not am I just living life to the fullest? I've been given an opportunity to go create, pun pun, but create magic today. So what does that involve? So that's now kind of where those values are starting to shape. So I've got, a, I woke up today, great. And I think as Andy Cope says in his book, The Art of Being Brilliant, he says, if you can wake up every single day and you don't have toothache, you are winning in life. 
And I thought that's a great way to start, isn't it? But thinking about perspective, my uncle would much rather be here today. You know, he, he can't be here, unfortunately. So if he was here right now, then he'd be living life as best he could, or at least being here with his family. So whilst we're here, that's it. You know, I'm going to try and just, well, no, I'm not going to try. I'm just going for it. I'm absolutely doing what's right for me, what makes me happy and uh, helping people be the best folks themselves, whether that's through magic, making them feel great, whether it's in the podcasting um, by sharing a story or sharing a message or sharing a, a guest expert like Amy Rollinson's coming on the podcast soon. Um, or even if that's in the confidence club, that's, that's what's for me. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a reason why every day is a gift and it's called the present, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. It's the smelling the roses, isn't it? When was the last time we smelled the roses? And, and I have to say this, Amy, I have to be honest, when my daughter was born seven months ago, there is that bubble. And I know you've got children and you've probably experienced this. The world kept turning. I didn't look at my emails. I didn't check social media. I didn't panic going. I haven't uploaded any content on my social media today. I was in that bubble and the world still turned and it was magical. I was present. And we often just are constantly focusing on the future. The future will come. But actually, like you said, yeah, the present is a gift. The past has brought us to where we are now. And let's actually just live in this moment. That's the real magic, isn't it? Not the future. Because as COVID has shown us, who knows what's around the corner. Start living in the moment now. That's magic. Yeah. And when was the last time you actually smelt a rose? That's a good point. Um, I can smell it when I walk in Tesco's. Um, not, not, <laughs> the not, same, not, not the same. Not the same. Yeah. No. It, do you know what? It's a um, really good point. I think... Um, Two days ago, we had a great example of this, me and my fiance, when we started thinking about, you know, we've got our own wedding coming up. And we just had that moment of just being present. We've been following the whole Wim Hof procedure at the minute with the Wim Hof method with the breathing and the cold showers, which, which helps us with that as well. It was just nice to just think, we're with our daughter today. This is a beautiful day. This is amazing. Stop thinking about the future. So I'd probably say it's about two days ago. And it, it was, um, I remember, um, a moment after it, waking up and going the next day, going, that's the days that we want to live. I don't want to live like this anymore. You know, I had an instant actually. If if I can share this, if I've got time, maybe last year, um, there was it was kind of a law of attraction kind of star. And I, I used to be this not really a fan of this. I'm a bit of a logical thinker. You know, um, physics, man of science. This can't be real. And it actually happened to me. And as you know, I got made redundant from my career. Um, I've been there for 15 years in Argos. Um, so for any of the listeners, if you've seen a little Argos store, a digital one inside a Sainsbury store in your travels in England, uh, then it was probably me that opened it up and ran a workshop for that team of team building and customer experience. And when I got made redundant, thinking I'm going to go full time with magic, um, even though I'd lost everything, I wasn't getting any cash flow in because no, no people were just canceling their right center and I was refunding everything. I had a lump sum still in my bank, but it was pretty much there to live and pay my mortgage because I got no support from the government because um, I'd had a business as well as a career. And there was more money in the career because you just, when you start off a business, you just invest everything back in. So got no support. The only thing we got was um, the three months free, no mortgage payment like everybody did. And that was it. So I had to take that responsibility to go, right, I need to stop draining this and do something about it. However, the reason I'm saying this was because I took responsibility and I started doing online magic shows and it was great. It was a fantastic market in 2020. And then in 2021, I've been doing it for about three or four months, my laptop broke 
and it was the week of seven shows quite a um a very a great week for financing it was probably like a month's worth salary because these were corporate gigs you know corporates were paying 300 400 pounds for like a 45 minute zoom which sounds ridiculous doesn't it now and i just remember woe is me why is this happening to me you know i've left this career well how about you know all these sort of things and I remember um, my friend saying, Ricky, stop moaning about your PC. Just go buy a MacBook. It's brilliant. It's so fast. The M1 processor will do so It'll do so well for all of your, your equipment, all of your multiple cameras and all this digital setup I had. It'll handle it well. In my head, even though there was some money there, I had that big money belief of I can't afford it. Because all I kept thinking was that fear of I need to use that money to live. Because anxiety, the fear of the unknown of the future, I don't know where we're going to be in six months. COVID scared the hell out of me. It gave me that belief of in, in an Argos job career, I was getting paid every single month. I knew that I would get um, paid. I could be lazy at Argos or whatever, but I knew that I would get money every month. When you go into a business, you have to find money to pay and live. And I realized that scared the hell out of me. Like, oh my God, the first time I'm actually going fully out of my own, I don't know if, how long this money's going to last. What happens? Am I going to have to go back, get a job, stock shelves or whatever? And then I realized, you know what? I asked myself that question. I discovered it in the minimalist book. They've got a great book called um, Essays. And it's just um, all their blogs in one book. And it's based on the WWJD uh, reference, which is what would Jesus do? Uh, now, I'm not a man of um, religion, but I found the idea to be quite profound. And I changed it to what would Ricky do? And I said to myself, what would the best version of Ricky do? So thinking of future Ricky, international speaker, uh, famous podcaster, you know, whatever he might be, what would he do? Well, he would take that risk. He would do it because he would know full well that if he paid for that Mac, that Mac could then create better content, better podcasting material. Uh, it would make it faster and he would do it, take the risk knowing that he'd probably get another job and pay for it. So I said to myself, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the risk and do it. Weirdest thing happened that day. Um, my friend, Steve Key, who uh, used to work with me in Argos, he said, Ricky, you did a couple of online shows for us in December 2020. We loved your work. We're planning to actually have our first in-person event in September 2021. We would love for you to come and do some magic. But also, would you mind doing your keynote for us um, on magical customer experience? And I was like, of course, yeah. And I thought, right, I'll give him a price. And um, for whatever he wanted, I charged him like £1,500. Coincidentally, I didn't realize this, uh, Amy, at the time, £1,500 was the same price as the Mac. Now, I appreciate that that is a lot of money for a lot of people. I definitely appreciate that. But Steve said this to me after they said, that's fine. That's great. That works for our budget. How would you feel if we pay that today? Because we'd like to get it in for this year's tax records, um, because obviously it's the end of year. It was March 2021. And I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, all right. Go for it. And it was in my account. And I went, that's my MacBook. And I bought the Mac and yeah, it was fine. We, we saved the day. I managed to get the Mac and we did all the shows. But that night I said to Danielle, I don't want to live like this anymore. You know, I'm going to make this, I don't want this to ever be a problem. Think about beliefs and money or anything like that. And just at that point, something appeared on Instagram and it was the painting of um, the scene from the end of the Truman show where Jim Carrey, he's about to go up some steps. He's leaving this, this world. And if, if you've not seen it, it to the listeners, it's where his whole life is a, um, a TV show and he doesn't know kind of that lying thing. Everyone's lying to him. And he works out that he's on a TV show and he's about to leave. And right at the end of the movie, there's these steps to the door, to the exit of a new life. And I thought, that's so weird, isn't it? That that's just appeared. 
And I bought the painting and it's, some, it's in my wall. It's in front of me right now to remind me every day of what would Ricky do in any decision or any obstacle or hurdle. Funny thing is that the painting was called Exit. It just reminded me of, wow, I was making a choice that day to, to exit that, that limiting thinking, you know, of living in that way and now taking risks and responsibility for it. And ever since that point, um, that's, that's all I do now. I ask myself, what would Ricky do? I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing. And, and I've got so much material for my reflections episode from this. I've just been <laughs> jotting down some notes of, oh, must reflect on that. And then you say something else, oh, must reflect on this. <laughs> I know it's fantastic. And, you know, whether it's your reticular activating system at play or whether it's just a case of the, the law of attraction. I mean, there's so many different elements there. And, and when I ask you about smelling the roses, you know, you use that as a metaphor. And I was actually asking you, you know, when was literally the last time you smelled a rose as well? <laughs> but I love, I love the fact that you took that as a metaphor because, you know, again, the power yeah. of words means so much and so so different for each person it's just brilliant so <laughs> that's a have... long answer wasn't it sorry <laughs> no I love it I mean I, I go around and I literally smell a rose wherever I sit in a front garden when I'm on the walk every day because for me it's it that's my grounding anchor of being present of just stopping and smelling and knowing that I can't share that with anyone else because it is such a an interaction that you have in the moment and it's not like you can post it on Instagram say hey look at the smell smell how fantastic this rose is because you can't so you just you stay in the moment which is really cool yes you've brought a wonderful sense of magic and we've entered into the world of wonder that is Ricky Locke so thank you so much Ricky how can people get in touch with you yeah so you can find me online at www.rickylock.co.uk I'm on mostly all social medias on at Ricky Lock Magic or LinkedIn as just Ricky Lock. And I've got a podcast called Unlocked as well. So you can just search that in Apple Podcasts or wherever your favorite platform. You can hear me share more stories um, about my life. Yeah. Ricky, thank you so much for sharing your stories. And it's been a really interesting discussion that you've you've brought up today there's going to be as I said much to discuss in my reflection. So thank you. And if anybody's got any reflections with actions that they're going to take as a result of listening to this please message Ricky and myself to say this is what we're now doing as a result of because it's just as Ricky said he is here to inspire that's what his mission is is to inspire people to take action so it'd be great if, if you've gone on to do something as a result of how would you like to close out this episode Ricky Oh, I'm going to leave with a, a wonderful quote, which is, uh, it sounds quite cheeky and funny, but it's, um, I, I discovered this in Andy Coach's book, The Art of Being Brilliant. I think it's a, an old repurposed quote, which is, life is like a sausage machine. It's what you put into it. <laughs> so if you want vegetarian sausages, you put vegetarian ingredients in. If you want pork sausages, you're going to put pork into it. So life is literally what you put into it. So if you want a happy, fulfilled life, you put all those good ingredients into it and that's what your life will be. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.